0: Congratulations! You found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerds Jessica Butcher and Josh Lupton. Together, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book Girls,
1: at work, I got shown the miracle of dry needling. Anything that involves needles, I'm out. It's actually worked pretty cool. You don't really feel it, so I have this really huge knot in my trap because I. What did she say? You're um, speaking Greek, dude. Her trapezius. No, muscle. I'm talking about needles and
0: and <laughs> but muscles. And...
1: Okay, so they like take a little needle and they. It's like a little acupuncture needle, so you don't even feel it, and they stick it in, and they move it around, needles. to get like. A mechanical traction, contraction from your muscle, so your muscle twitches, so it track, contracts all the way and then releases all the way. That it so it does muscle. not
0: sound like a stress relieving maneuver to me. I can Chessa. move my neck now; it feels oh, a
1: lot better.
0: <laughs> it sounds like voodoo. It was cool. Voodoo. It works. What are they teaching you up? And that's cool. Oh, uh, that's sorry, fine. my red neck came out. That's a sorry, oh, not at work. I just don't know
2: why you're so obsessed with redneck. I don't know. I think it every be, time it's a cycle. I feel like thing. you're stereotyping us from because we're from Oklahoma. She made no, a trip to Jones. I just
1: really like the redneck sound. <laughs> she, yeah, she really did. She did make a trip. That's to Jones not what the other you day. make it sound
0: like. <laughs> no, I really just, I'm, I really just like that whole. Ever since I heard Larry the Cable Guy the first time, I just fell in love with his accent. Oh gosh. Really?
1: Yes, I did. I know it sounds bizarre. Bonnie doesn't, when
0: Martha's saying it, doesn't it sound
2: like she's making fun of... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's like it, condescending. It, it's, not, it's very... It doesn't sound like you're... <laughs> Enjoy. But, now, I, but mean, I know. You might not mean it, does it to
3: mean, be an insult. I'm just you're saying... You're so touchy over there, you Oklahomans. It kind of sounds like you're when you... I mean... When you're trying to talk stupid, you all of a sudden talk in
1: an action. Yeah. Um, it's kind of spot Especially on. when you... Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest, like if I'm from small town Oklahoma, where you know Friday nights we go put on our our overalls and our good moo-moos move and we go watch some football. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do on Friday night now. <laughs> Friday night go, now. So you gotta
2: go support the <laughs> team. When Martha responds to us. In a accent like that, it kind of insinuates that Nicole we are very, less very than her.
3: She's very touchy about her accent. Well, I'm just saying Martha is from a small town. She I definitely not town. in the south,
0: though. No, but but the rednecks up there are even more redneck ish than the ones down here. It's just that they don't have an accent. I'm thinking I did I would make fun of them mercilessly. I really would.
3: It makes me kind of want to go watch Jeff Foxworthy. Can you know, somebody
0: talk in like
1: a Minnesota? It makes me think of Deliverance. So. Really
0: <laughs> Minnesota people sound very much like weird television presenters.
2: Minnesota, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. really, Did you guys watch uh? Not really. The Stephen Avery thing on Netflix. Yes. Stephen uh-huh. Avery. Did you and making a murder or? Make, yeah. Yeah. Making a murder. Yeah. But, uh, that was intense. The accent on that mm-hmm. was like I. Don't, I guess I've never seen anybody it, it, it is a little so from, Minnesota. from Minnesota. Where are they? They're uh, well, it's like Michigan. Yeah, but I was it's, say, it's like the Michiganers. Michigan or something. So I've never heard anybody like speak like that. I guess. And so in, in Minnesota, I, it
0: is a little bit more pronounced. I,
2: I was concentrating on it, like <laughs> literally, just like I say, like a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sitting there watching them say, oh, or I don't know, like. I don't know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh my God.
1: It's totally different tangent. A? Have you noticed how many people say like like every other word? Like like, 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 yes. like, like you, like, me,
0: yeah. us. Well. Yes.
1: I called like one because of my I edit
0: this podcast, Jessica like, like, yeah. and Nicole, and I realize how many times you guys say it. Oh yeah. Um, it's bad. Like. Yeah.
1: Bonnie. <laughs> so, and um. And um. One of my classmates got called on to answer a question in class yesterday. And she was like, 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 and and this, like, like, like. Was, so she didn't know the answer. So she just kept saying, like. And I was like, holy shit. That was 50 likes because she <laughs> kept doing this and saying, well, like, like. I love like, that you counted it. <laughs> like, 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 um, like this. And I was just like, just. Stop trying to answer. You don't know. Just make a call on some heels. Stop saying like. It's stressing me out. The holes is getting bigger, dude. It's terrifying. Give it up. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, I know I do it too. And I know that like a lot of people do it. Like just and that. You just did it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I used to say like a lot bad. when I was in
0: high school. But that was like It's very difficult to be deliberate in your speech. You have to stop. And you have to think about every word that comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. People don't do it often. No. They tend to mutter. And pausing is is pausing is awkward. It is. So people don't prefer to pause. Yeah. They prefer to mutter instead.
1: God, that was bad, though. I felt bad for her because she was just doing this hand motion where she was it looked like she was winding up a, I don't know a trying to get words out taffy really fast and it was like oh She's winding no. up a garden I could all I could do is sit there and just think oh i'm so sorry for you i just want to get up and help you right now do you need a hug this is why Can i call it right now?
0: Now I have to come up with a whole new accent, Nicole. I think I need to look at some YouTube videos and practice some different dialects. We could just be au oh, naturel. <laughs> it's just not as fun. You have to realize that it's part of my I mean, Life just okay be happy
3: with you, who you are. You break out in the redneck every once in a while. I, I have mean. to be myself
0: and myself is fa- uh, multifaceted, Nicole. Some people might call that a bit schizophrenic, but that's okay, because that's who I am. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> schizophrenic no, but you got personal the look on your face, like, oh my god, she just left it open for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna let you uh,
3: <laughs>
1: you revel in that one on your own. <laughs> dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole. <laughs> we,
3: we're not touching that one. <laughs> oh, girls. I mean, we are in a closed office with you. We're not gonna, we're not gonna touch that one. We don't want your schizophrenic to come out. I do have a pair of
0: scissors over here. (laughs) They're not very sharp, though. (laughs) Oh, you do have a big, strong man to rescue you. His shirt's open a little bit too. Yeah, he's. I got him a chair a second. (laughs) Oh my God! He's wiggling his pecs. Jesus, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I
1: couldn't see. I need a mirror. Oh, I just got the papers. <laughs> <a little laughs> <when laughs> so
3: I, I can see him now. Jesus. I mean, I Mary have some Joseph. ones in my purse somewhere.
2: <laughs> I can't believe you brought your boyfriend when Martha's here. <laughs> Don't you know that we have to keep her away?
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, she's already trying to steal Travis in his Irish accent. I am not trying to steal Travis. I just... You wanted him to come over wearing an apron so he could talk to you... <laughs> An Irish accent and serve a you Guinness, cloth, not an apron.
0: <laughs> There's a distinct
3: difference. But I mean, if he can cook, the apron's okay too. Not sure if he can come over anymore. I need this to
1: be authentic. Please wear a kilt.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not the right accent. Do you know? I still have that. Scottish um, is for the kilt. That coaster are, that you buy from or, kilt. Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: because uh, the only reason I know this is because. In Reno, we were part of the, there's a group. Irish
0: people wear kilts? In Ireland. Yeah, they have Speak up. Tell us on our Facebook page. Do people in Ireland. I also have Google. Wear kilts? We need to know this. <laughs> and here. if so, would you please send us pictures of whether or not you wear underclothing? Yes. With your kilts. You don't?
3: Wouldn't that just be awkward, just not to wear anything at all under your kilt? Yes, In I- the winter, that would be awkward. Uh-huh. Yes,
2: Irish people wear kilts and play bagpipes just like Scottish well, don't people you do. They? don't yes. you wear something underneath It just pants? says the debate between whether kilts are originally <laughs> Irish well, or know, Scottish <laughs> is still up for it's debate.
0: Ah. They're, they're all Gaelic. Hmm. Gaelic. Oh, I love me some Gaelic. Speaking of Gaelic men. Also, the name
2: Shannon... Is supposed to be Irish, then there's but going my mom Shannon it. and I traced her people back to Scotland. See, my Not mom Ireland, remember that, <laughs> is
0: named Shannon, and she's Scottish.
2: Yeah, but they so. did live in Ireland, but then they moved to it. I don't know. It was super weird.
1: But she always said, you know, it's Irish.
0: Hmm.
1: Martha's redneck accent, but keeps. Like, I now have the song from Deliverance stuck in my head <laughs> I'm over like, I have this song and it's one of my favorites
0: it's one of my favorites I wish I could remember all the lyrics but but the chorus goes like this my baby's all liquored up I, come on Sing along. It's why, why do you
1: have to, I'm supposed to know that? Why are you gyrating over
2: there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just goes along with the.
2: She's with excited. The,
0: yeah. It wasn't. It was actually in a uh, in a video game that Ron was playing for a while called Redneck Rampage. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> My baby's all liquored up. Yeah. I mean, I know the one that's
3: that's. Um, I had too much tequila last night, but I'm not gonna sing it because I don't
1: have a voice. But. Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine, right? Did I dance on the bar? Did I start any fights? I watched Ready Player One today. Oh, did Travis you watch is gonna it? Is it out? See that tomorrow? Mm-hmm. What? It came out like yesterday. Yeah. Where have you been, Martha? I told you it's been
0: a really rough <laughs> week. I've been working my ass off. Ready Player One came out, and I didn't even notice.
2: Came out yesterday.
1: Yep. What the actual hell?
2: <laughs> we haven't watched
1: it. And? It's good. Very good. But you you didn't love it. I heard it's nothing like the book. It's not like the book. At all. Like, if you go into it... Those
0: monkey, cheese-flavored ass monkeys, they screwed it up, didn't they? They didn't...
1: eh. I mean, it's good in its own, like, right? Like, if I didn't watch, or if I didn't love the book, I would be okay with how it is. Like, it was pretty good. But I was like, the whole time I was thinking, that's wrong. And that, nope, nope, no. That's not how she's supposed to look. Did you read the book, Garrett? I did not. And what did you think of the movie? I thought it was great. So it's... Albert...
0: You know
2: Albert? Yeah, what did Albert say? He's read the book like a million times. And he said uh, he actually enjoyed... Here, I'll read his... One shout-out to Albert.
0: Yeah, Albert Albert works in our building. He is uh, part of the Wild Crew. But he also does
2: um, a video game element on... Wild 104.9 every Wednesday. Okay, so his review was, as expected, the movie was drastically different from the book. uh, And he said, I'm talking World War Z different. That being said, it was still amazing to see a different take on my favorite story of all time. Ready Player One is a solid movie with loads of references for fans of the book. And he will definitely be seeing it again soon.
1: It's pretty good. It's really pretty good. Um The challenges have all changed. There's some big plot changes that I was just thinking that's not how it's supposed to go. I don't understand how people who
0: love the book <laughs> as much as we love the book can be okay with huge plot changes in the movie. I don't understand. It was that it I don't was get done. That
2: s- it's like it's two different stories. So it's like it's okay, basically two- you watched um the Magicians. Yeah, I'm watching Because I feel like I saw you post that on Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. Have you read the books? Not yet. They're, they're totally. two different stories. Like 100% there's like barely anything the same. They take out characters. They leave some characters I can't, in. I just don't. It's, you just have to. I'm not
0: okay with that. I'm not okay with that.
2: <laughs> you have to, it's like eating, like you know you're going to eat a jelly bean, but you have to be okay with more than one flavor, Martha.
1: It was. It really okay, was pretty not good. The same. It is the, the same. same. It was pretty good. <laughs> it is. You just can't go. Don't go into the movie expecting it to be just like the book. Okay, it wasn't like a uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. I thought that movie was terrible, like awful.
0: I didn't hate that movie.
1: I did, <laughs> but I didn't hate this one. It was done well because it's. I think it's Steven Spielberg directed it. Yep. So it was. It was done really well, but not. Don't go into it thinking that it's a total remake of the book because it's a plot there's a, definitely a plot change are but. we ready to turn the corner on this podcast yet girls yep sure
0: raven claw
3: that's yeah. cool is that what you are is a Ravenclaw?
0: yeah she's wearing uh-huh. jessica's wearing her weasley sweatshirt uh-huh. oh and guess what i'm making one
3: of those owl blankets <gasps> It's huge. Martha saw it, it was at the library.
1: I was really cool. I mean, I
3: don't know how it's gonna turn out because the only directions I could find for free were in Spanish. So You're using a translator? <laughs> <laughs> Google Translate. I'm trying really, really hard. I mean, I know I know what the stitches are, so mm-hmm. it's not that hard. When I get to the the hood mm-hmm. is when it's gonna get more difficult and I'm almost there. So You'll have to send me pictures. I will. I'll bring it up and let you see it. Cool. Okay. Okay. Who wants to go first? Well, I mean, mm. since we were talking about books and movies being completely different, I have one that's a very well-known movie and book that's been along for a long time. If you'd like me to go first. Yes. You may. I read uh, Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell.
0: Frankly, Scarlett,
3: <laughs> I don't give a
0: damn.
3: Which is not exactly how it was said in the book.
0: Well, there you go.
3: But, um... And, I mean, there was a... I I was shocked at how many things were different in the book than the movie. I, I know why they were. Because if they made the movie how the book actually was, nobody would like Scarlett whatsoever. I mean, she is a conniving... Selfish, uh, <laughs> Southern belle, Bubba Bubba. bitch. I mean, not completely. I can kind of understand why she does what she does in parts of the book, not all of it. But for anyone who does not know what Gone with the Wind is, is this is a book that is written about a plantation in Georgia. And all of these plantations around it are big, beautiful. And this is before the Civil War. So everybody has slaves, grow cotton. They have big, you know, beautiful picnics. Everybody dolls up and wears their, you know, hoop skirts. And I mean, just just picturing it in my brain, it's beautiful. Like, just I would love to go on a tour of these old plantations and look at these houses because I just think they're just, they're just grand. And in Gone with the Wind, it starts right before the Civil War. And right after the book starts in the Civil War, you know, kicks off and they call for volunteers, all of the men from these plantations go volunteer for the, the South, for the for the Rebels, for the Confederacy. And, of course, we all know how the Civil War ended. And um, then it's the last part of the book is during the first three years of Reconstruction. And I would have to say that this gives a very good look at the South during the Civil War, how much they were just absolutely destroyed, and how... Just the this carpetbaggers. You hear about the carpetbaggers and the Yankees that come down, and they just just gouge the Southerners, you know, price wise and everything else, and try to buy up all the land and everything because you know these Southerners had a lot of money and all of a sudden they're dirt poor. And, like, they raise taxes so that they can't pay taxes. And then they, you know, Um, they buy their houses for the taxes that are due. And so, you know, it's just, it's a very huge shift in the people who are high classed. They fall down to the bottom of the system. And they're just, the Yankees just aren't very, um, what is it, empathetic?
1: What empathetic. am I trying to say? Empathetic,
3: yeah. empathetic. And But I will have to say, a lot of these Southerners <laughs> who fought in the war Bless and you. these powerful, high-class gentlemen are so prideful that they refuse to change also. Uh. And it also talks about the starting of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. And during all of this, the story is actually about Scarlet, who... Is a Southern Belle, and she's probably about what sixteen at the beginning of this book, I think. And you know, not married or anything. And you she's know, how old at the beginning? Isn't she like sixteen or seventeen? I don't know.
0: It's been so long. I'm
3: pretty sure near the end of the book, she's only twenty eight, so she can't be very old during. Because she was twenty eight, and Red Butler was forty five when they were married. Whoa! Just a little, little fact Did you right just there. Just give away
2: the ending. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but not the whole ending. But it's about her being this rich, spoiled girl, Southern belle, and then she the war breaks out and of course, you know, they don't have the things that they had before and she tries to help the you know, all of the women try to be nurses. And so she's around all of this death and they don't have because of the blockades, they don't have medical supplies and morphine and she's just around all of these men who are dying and screaming in agony and it's just then the the, um dark (laughs) yeah then the union troops come through and they like they burn huge uh, they burn cities so that you know they take what they what they need and then they burn all the other supplies so the confederate armies can't get it so she talks about all of these homes that she's known for years and years that the the Union soldiers just burn up. So I understand why the Southerners hate the Yankees so much, which I never quite understood. Even after watching the movie, I never quite understood until I read the book.
1: It puts it, it, puts it into so much more like, perspective.
3: Right. And, of course, it's about her, you know, love interests and marriages and so on so forth and Twirl? she's after huh marriages
1: marriages
3: Twirl? yes if you've ever watched she's been married more than once oh, have I you haven't. not
1: watched it no I haven't read it either oh that was one I never
3: oh did. well I mean the the movie's like four hours long the book was like 50 hours long
2: uh, my mom said the, I think the first movie she ever went to see was Gone with the Wind really And she went with uh, my grandma to a drive-in. Did she? But in, wow. It came out, sorry, in 1940, like the movie did. But Uh she was not that young. But she, I guess it was the first movie she had ever gone to see at a Mm -hmm. drive-in. I remember
0: going to see, see that movie at a special showing with my mom and my aunt. I can't believe they took me to see that movie. Well, I remember I mean, being horrified at the sound of this man having his arm cut off with oh, no anesthesia, oh, yeah, or his leg or something. Yeah, I remember that scene. I was really young too. It was like, and she's stepping over the bodies and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: isn't there a pretty yeah. like a couple of gruesome scenes, kind of like that in uh, *A Farewell to Arms*? Uh, that well, I
2: haven't seen. One, because he has to have
1: some stuff cut off. Hemingway was weird. Hemingway had a sick sense of humor and some stuff like that.
3: I actually have a Hemingway book that I'm going to read, so I have it in my car.
1: I, um, I've read like, I went on a kick. I think I read like four or five of his. They're they're all pretty interesting. Uh, the sun also rises is pretty cool.
3: I think that's the one that I have is the sun also rises. But um, while while Scarlet does a lot of very questionable stuff. Mm-hmm to, to on her ploy to get money. Um, you have to understand that part of the reason why she does it is because after the war and she finally made it back to Terra, which she had to sneak through Tara, or to get back to Terra from Atlanta because the Union Army drove into Atlanta and set it on fire, basically. And so she escaped, but then there was so many troops and everything around that she had to basically like sneak at night and you know try not to get caught by these union soldiers and so on and so forth but she finally makes it back to Tara and Tara has just been ransacked they have nothing they have no money they've burned up all of their cotton so then she's they don't have food she she's trying so hard to try to get food to feed everyone who all of her relatives who are still at Tara and they only have a couple of um, of the, the slaves that they had before because now they're free obviously but they still stay at Tara and um, but all of the other ones so that she has to like plow fields and pick vegetables and mend fences and all of this stuff that she's never done before because she's been you know a spoiled little white girl basically And she just remembers being hungry and she vows that she's never going to be like that again. And so she does just about anything that she can to make sure that she has money because money rules everything, basically, is her way of thinking. And it really shows through on her life choices. Yeah. But it was interesting. It was really interesting. You know, I'm always fascinated with... How war affects
0: things, of course. And this is, you know. Well, you know, my picture of of uh, Gone with the Wind always goes back to the Carol Burnett skit, <laughs> where with she's standing at the top, at the edge of the stairs with the curtain rods, <laughs> with the curtain rod across her shoulders. Right. I yes. just saw this dress in the window, and I had to have it.
1: <laughs> That's who it is. So Sorry, like a william t sherman he's the one who did the march to the sea and burned everything i had to Uh look that up i remember learning about that in history class so i guess something stuck from high school but yeah yeah we looked talked about him and he just his march to the sea is going to set everything on fire brutal yeah yeah it is and see
3: i read the the biography of ulysses ask Grant one of the times that I timed out of this book because it was 50 hours long (laughs) and I had to wait for it to come back available before I could check it out so I kind of got you know a look at the northern side of it and then Gone With the Wind gave me more of a southern side of it Mm -hmm. so it was it was good it was interesting and like I said it was there was a lot of differences between the movie and the book cool a lot of it was the same I mean it's basically the same story but there were quite a few like, major differences between the two. Cool. And that was Gone With a Wind by Margaret Mitchell. And it did win a, a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, Wheezy over
1: there. Coffee and Wheezy. Sorry. She's like, uh, the Toy Story. I, bro- I broke my squeaker. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I need water. I didn't bring my water up. Do you need me to go get
0: you some water?
2: <laughs> I might have to go get some. <coughs> Now everybody's going to be coughing. Okay. So, speaking of books oh. versus movies, uh, I just read The Woman in the Window, which will become a movie in 2018. It was actually bought, purchased by Fox before the book was even published. So, the book was published in January of 2018, and it was actually highly publicized Um and it was a really big deal because the woman who wrote Girl on a Train reviewed it saying how amazing it was. And the book actually references Girl on a Train uh, oh. multiple times. Oh. Uh, but if you did not like Girl on a Train or... Uh, what else did I... I just read <laughs> another book... Uh, the couple next door, mm. I find them to be very similar um, in their story, like or the the way they're suspenseful. But I enjoyed them for their own story, even though they're not they're not the greatest mystery, thriller, suspenseful thing ever written in the entire world. But I also didn't go into this expecting that. Um, and I've seen a lot of people calling it a popcorn mystery because it's just something interesting and a little bit mysterious to read when you need something like that. But essentially, it is about um, a woman who uh, has agoraphobia. That's how you pronounce that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so she lives in her house in New York, and one of her favorite pastimes is to kind of like look out her, her window and watch her neighbors a little bit. Um, and she knows she's creepy, but she tries not to do it too much. She uh, knows
1: she's creepy. <laughs> What's that like, a, like a
2: voyeur. <laughs> like she, but um, I mean, when you're yeah. like, she, you're literally stuck in your house all day. Uh, and she has like conversations that you read with, um, but with her daughter and her husband. Or, but she is separated from her husband, but then. You find out, and this is not giving anything away really, but you find out something's actually happened in that aspect. Um, so, which is weird. So, but she's living in this house um, by herself. She her therapist comes to visit her once a week. Her she has a physical therapist um, who comes and like makes her exercise, and they do workout videos, and it's like the closest thing she has to a friend. Um, and she literally... Uh, she talks to... And she actually used to be a uh, therapist. Or a psychologist. That is never a good thing. Yeah. When you look like that. She used to be a
3: psychologist and now she's an agor... Agoraphobic? Yes. Well,
1: that's like a psychological phenomenon. Like, you can know these things about yourself, but it doesn't prevent them.
2: And you know something happened. like, she talks about this big event and she's counseling these people in this online chat group that she's always in um, who also have agoraphobia and she tells them like this happens when you you can have a traumatizing event you can have like a concussion like all these different things can cause this Um, but yet she hasn't learned how to deal with it herself and so So then, um, like, she's kind of watching her neighbors, and one of them moves out. And for the first time in a very long time, um, she has a visitor, like, other than her, like, doctors, pretty much. And it's this kid that had just moved in across the street. um, And she knew they moved in, she could kind of see them. And the kid comes over, and she really likes him. He leaves, he had brought her a present. And right after the kid comes over, his mom comes over. And his mom thinks this lady who's stuck in her house is weird, but she ends up staying for like four hours or something like that. And um, the girl who has agoraphobia, by the way, is also an alcoholic, plus she's on all that medication to treat her agoraphobia, which is not a good mix. But they start drinking, but they play chess, and they do a bunch of other stuff and like just hanging out and she's having this great time well that night the woman goes home and the lady is you know staring out her window and she sees her get murdered but nobody believes her and so the rest of the book is about
1: is she hallucinating? Did she really see something? Now I see yeah. the
2: connection between Girl on the Train and this book. Yeah, hmm. and it's it's not like the greatest you know mystery or suspenseful thing in the entire world, but it is interesting, and I I enjoyed reading it. And it's only like two hundred and fifty pages. It really it's sounds n- like something I might like. Yeah, uh, I have it if you want to borrow it. But it's hmm. like I don't know. It's just a fun read. Like the Girl in the Train, yes. People hate the main character. The author did that on purpose, but it's still fun to read. You don't have to say it's the greatest thing in the entire world. It's just Mm -hmm.
0: enjoyable. (sighs) Hmm. And we've already established that not everybody's going to like every book. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's cool. But I like to read
3: weird things. It's okay. (laughs) Marlena was giving me a hard time. She's like... (laughs) We are talking about the book that I'm reading now, and she's like, but you like weird things, so I don't know. You might not like that book. I'm like, hey. Oh. <laughs> I just read Gone with a Wind. That's normal. <laughs> uh,
0: but says, is it?
2: <laughs> she said true. <laughs> <laughs> I read books about fantasy a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, and I know Kayla, who uh, was on our podcast the other week, she was saying she didn't like it. I got the impression there was an event inside of the book that she didn't really like for but some reason. Really? But uh, but then she also posted a review that I can see on Goodreads. But she says she felt like it was repetitive. But so is Girl in the Train because, you know, yeah. you're trying to, like, yeah. she's trying to convince somebody of something, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how this book is. So, yeah. But it, it does serve a purpose. But if you, I don't know, if you don't like that type of, yeah. but like popcorn it's mysteries, like I said, it's like it, a beach read mystery yeah. type thing. Mm.
0: There are certain types of books that, that, you just don't like. I mean, it's it's like, I don't like romance novels. I don't usually go for the types of books like that, like me, the girl on the train, like neither. the to me this couple is couple next door. The equivalent
2: like, of like the woman in the window is like going and watching forensic files because you can't find a good like scary movie on right. Yeah, and that's cool. So if it's
0: entertaining to you and you like it awesome. You don't have to justify my I'm choice. Not. I'm not. justifying <laughs> your choice. I'm just saying that that's cool. Title and artist. Uh, the Woman
1: in the Window by A.J. Finn. Speaking of your choices, I loved the Wee Free Men. The
0: We Free Men were awesome.
1: <laughs> the Wee Free Men were great. I
0: know. Everybody oh, else. Crevins.
1: These guys would probably <laughs> hate, hate
0: it. it. <laughs> but it
1: was so crevins.
0: good. cravens. <laughs> <laughs> the We Free Men were, t- is Terry Pratchett. Oh, yeah. I probably wouldn't like it then. Yeah. But it was good, though. She's a witch. Sorry. She's a teenage witch. She's no. Well,
3: she's nine, but... Yeah. I've tried Terry Pratchett. Witch. I tried to read two different Terry Pratchett yes, books. Yes. I tried with Bonnie, I, and it just didn't I couldn't. Take. I,
1: couldn't. Yeah. I loved it. But I feel like I should review Nevernight, since we do have a follower who wanted to excellent hear about that book and I loved it I even read the sequel and I'm on the waiting list for the third one okay so shoot so I read Nevernight by J. Kristoff and this book like renewed my like love for fantasy and how impressed I am with fantasy novels because it has this entirely different world like geography like and it has its own religion Like, you have all this different, like, made-up gods and goddesses that govern all of this stuff. And I just think it's so cool that people can think of stuff like that. I think it's awesome. That's why I love fantasy. But, so, the main character is a little girl who um, lives in God's grave. And her father is the commander of the (coughs) army. The first scene is him getting hung for treason because the republic is corrupt there, people are only supposed to be in the thing for four years but he's declared like big conflict so he's been there for like 12 and he's basically just a dictator at this point point. and so they try to rebel and whatever and he sends her mother and her breast, still breastfeeding baby brother to the Philosopher's Stone which is this prison with no light and he assigns guards to drown her lovely yeah it's pretty rough so that's her background and she is darken so she this is when she becomes darken because it's like the trauma in her life they're about to drown her and this shadow cat gives her a knife and she runs away she has a little shadow cat like i'm gonna call him a familiar okay he's made of shadows he's not a like an actual cat and he eats her fear okay so that's what darken is so suspend
0: your disbelief, you two. They're looking at her like she just—it's
1: fantasy. Yeah. I enjoy
0: fantasy. Oh, Don't okay. look at me like that. Yeah, but Bonnie was looking at her like, "What the I'm hell like, did you shadow, just smoke
1: before you came in here?" Shadow cats eat fear, <laughs> and I, is and the shadow can, cat here right now? <laughs> and she can control shadows, like she yeah, she makes like a cloak of shadows. And that's you got to so suspend your hide. disbelief for fantasy. Yeah, it's just the way it works. was like, yeah.
0: I wasn't judging. Boo.
1: I was just listening. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay so anyway she gets taken in by this older man who is part of um, the red church so there's the god of light which most people worship and then there's the his ex-wife in their theology that that's all in the book and they worship her and she's the god of darkness they're the goddess of darkness and they're basically just really kick-ass assassins. So she's going to go to the assassins. Ass, kick-ass assassins would be assassins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but so she's going there to get trained so that she can go kill these three men, and that were responsible for getting her father hanged and are responsible for all the corruption. And uh, it has like a really dark, twisted kind of Harry Potter vibe. Because she goes and she gets taught in these different subjects, so mm. like masks, which is um, like the art of like lying and seduction, and then you have truths, which is poisons and the potion master. That's what I'm gonna call her. Like tries to poison them all the time. I feel like that's <laughs> what Snape would want to do in Harry Potter. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> right. But they had I'm in, liking that. If only it yeah. wasn't a kids' movie. And <laughs> pockets. They learn how to steal. And songs, which is like swordplay. That sound, this sounds really cool. It's pretty gruesome, I will say. I like gruesome. (laughs) Yeah, like they have a flesh weaver that fix all their wounds. So one of the first seeds, the Master of Songs cuts her arm off because she bests him, and he just like whacks her arm off. Oh, and I'd like some blood too. And there's some pretty raunchy sex scenes. Like I was kind of embarrassed to be reading them next to Garrett. I was thinking even he's gonna even better. He's gonna I mean, look over. the and is gonna...
3: Anne raunchy sex scenes. Martha, have
1: you not read this <laughs> book yet? I am
0: in.
1: Revenge. She can control shadows, and later in the book, she can like jump from shadow to shadow. It's super cool. Like I wish I could do that. Getting and better all the time. There's some crazy plot twists that I would have never seen coming, ever. So, it's really, really good. Is it at the library? I don't know. I got it at Half Price Books. I bet you it is. If Half Price Books has it, then the library should have it. Mm-hmm.
3: It sounds right up your alley. Yeah.
1: Blood, guts, sex,
3: magic. weird religions, Magic. magic
1: but yeah the, my favorite part is the potions master so they're supposed to like n- know a lot coming into this they have to pass these trials of course to get- there's a wait list <laughs> I can bring you the hard copy I, don't, I can't do not doesn't a, read
2: I can't hard, do a hard copy
1: hmm? Martha doesn't read hard copies oh well <laughs> so the potion master like in all of their classes like the very first class she's poisoned their lunch and she was like what are the symptoms you should know the antidote like, I think two you know, of them, so the kids die. <laughs> you know what? I,
0: so they like I have to I make started, the end it out before they. Uh. I started reading this once.
1: Yeah, I think you told me that. I think I started reading it and stopped reading it for some reason. It takes a little bit of time to warm up, and the I know f- I started reading it. And the first bit is it's, a little bit um, weird because like a parallel between her first kill and her first time having sex with a. Person she paid to have sex with her because she was like, "I gotta okay. do it now." <laughs> all right. So it's kind of weird. The first chapter. Okay, that's, chapter that's probably or so. why I
0: stopped reading it because I thought, "Oh, this is gonna be one of those." Yeah. No, there's a
1: lot cooler parts. There are. A if few... it's gonna get cooler, then I'll go back to it. Yeah. That's
0: the weird part. And then because if it's gonna be all teenage sex, then I'm not interested. No. If it's gonna be like cool stuff, then I'll read it. But... Yeah.
1: Uh, there's some pretty neat stuff don't in there. I need to read about teenage sex. No, there's more plot stories <laughs> to it. There is a pretty, there are a couple of pretty intense ones later on, but they're not, they're like right next to each other, and then it's over. Because, well, I mean, a few are fine, but I mean. Yeah, it's not like the whole thing. Honestly, my favorite part. bosoms
0: and all that, that's just too close to a romance novel, and I'm. Definitely not interested in yeah. that. It's funny today, I was out and about doing some stuff, and uh, I had downloaded a book. Well, go ahead and finish what you're doing. I'll tell my story in a minute. Oh,
1: no. Uh, I read Nevernight by Jay Kristoff. Sounds excellent. And God's Grave is the second one, which is a book that Garrett got me signed first edition of. Yay,
0: Garrett! <laughs> <laughs> Good boyfriend!
1: He likes Aww. me or something. Such a
0: good boyfriend, okay, so I was out and about today. I was about around a bunch of people visiting and talking and doing stuff, and a big group of people actually, and I kept hearing this voice, and I had to go to the bathroom, so. I excused myself and took off and went to the bathroom (laughs) and I get inside the stall and I hear this he removed her blouse and blah 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 and I'm like what the hell is in my (laughs) 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 evidently this book that I had checked out of the library turned out to be one of those kind of books. And it was playing the whole time in my pocket. <laughs>
1: this
0: is a freaking romance novel. <laughs> so Sex scenes in my pocket while I was around a bunch of people. Oh. That's God. Imagine my embarrassment.
1: Holy shit. Oh no. Oh, this book the It was called I was telling my little brother, who's seventeen, about Nevernight and I kinda just like the sex scenes are fine, whatever. They don't bother me because I, I'm i 23 years old and I have a realization that that happens. Uh-huh. And I just kind of like flipped through them. I read them, but was more of like a skim through those. Right. Get to, I really want to know if she kills these people. I just got to know. And... So I suggested it to him, and so he got it at Half Price Books and was reading it. And I get a text message from him while I'm at work, and he's at school, and he texts me and goes, what the hell is this? Because it's a sex scene starting off, and I was like, shit, I forgot about that. Get through it. There's some cooler stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple more of those. You can just skim. There's nothing important going on during them. You can just (laughs) flip through it. Okay, so this,
0: for some reason this was on the lists. this book I was just talking about, the one that actually accidentally started playing, I had already Mm -hmm. checked it out in the library, downloaded it, but I wasn't reading it yet, the book that I had been reading had already finished playing, and I hadn't started the new one yet, so I didn't know what it was about or anything, I just already downloaded it, it was called Her Body and Other Parties. It was one of those ones with a bunch of short stories and stuff. It was on one of the lists. I just sort of checked well, it out.
3: We've already established your little Randy because your husband's been sick and yeah. your are So I guess uh, boyfriend in a drawer isn't charged.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll be listening to that one a little later.
3: <laughs> Stop on the way home and get some batteries.
0: <laughs> uh, so moving right along. I guess it would be my turn to review something. Yes. Um, Actually, I was dying to review this one a while back because it was so good. It was a few weeks ago back when I had, I think I had seven books on hold. I was number one in the list Mm -hmm. on seven different books. I was in the that? number one position on seven different books in my hold list. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to check anything out because I knew that I would have all these books. So I was just kind of going through the list in the library, trying to find something to read that I could just be real quick. Mm-hmm. And I just randomly went, oh, okay, this. Didn't even really pay any attention, didn't really look. And it was called Self-Portrait with Boy by Rachel Lyon. It was really just such a cool book. Um, it was about this girl who moved into this New York City. They're like rundown buildings and artists would sort of move in there. And the, the, tent, the people that owned the buildings would start sort of charging them rent. And they're sort of like glorified squatters. And then the owners of the buildings would eventually get around to selling the buildings or kicking the people out or whatever. And they'll buy the people off eventually. But they just basically become big artist communes. So anyway, this girl moves into one of these buildings and she's super, super poor artist. And she's a photographer, a really good young photographer. She's probably, I want to say maybe 20-ish and starving, basically. She's sort of trying to support her, her dad who is fairly ill. I'm pretty sure she's an only child, if I recall. So she has a job in an organic market in New York City, and that's really her only job. So she's not ma- making a lot of money, but most of the time all she does is these self-portraits. She take, she's she been taking one self-portrait a day for like 400 days. That's her shtick. So on this particular day, she lines up the shot, She she sets it up so that she's gonna take this picture in her apartment and she sets everything up. She strips down naked and she's going to jump in front of the camera to take this picture. Well, at exactly the moment that she's going to take the picture, this little boy falls off the building right in front of her window at exactly the moment that the picture snaps. So she's jumping in front of the camera and the little boy's falling. Damn. So she captures that moment. I'm, I'm getting chills just talking about it because it's the perfect picture, right? And she's never really talked to anybody in the building before. She's pretty much a recluse living because this community of artists isn't really very welcoming. But now that something's happened in the building, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) oh my gosh. So now all of a sudden they're all talking to each other. Well, she doesn't realize what's happened because she hasn't seen the film. So she goes up and she all of a sudden meets all these people and stuff. And then by the time she sees the film... It's very tiny, so she doesn't really notice exactly what's happened until a little bit later. But then when she realizes, she sees how perfect the picture is. And it's the best picture she has ever taken in her life.
1: Mm. Sounds a little dark. <laughs> well,
0: she's already met the mother of the child who has died. Mm. So she has this dilemma because she's a starving artist. She is literally starving. She knows that this picture is going to make her career. She has to sell this picture. She knows she has to sell this picture. But she's now formed a relationship with the mother of this child who has died. Plus, she's Starting to feel haunted, literally haunted, by the ghost of this child who keeps like knocking on the window of her apartment. Mm-hmm. This is, I- I'm telling you, this is a really. Sounds creepy. It is a good book. Sounds now, good. having said that, there are definitely some parts of it that I did not like. The ending was weak. didn't care for the ending a whole lot but i it, the book left me thinking about it for a long time afterwards and it had some moments that i mean just amazing it really really left me with an incredible book hangover for lots of different reasons it was really a good book it was so different from anything i'd ever read before um the character was really different. She was an unusual person. There wasn't a lot of, there were a few times I was really thrown off. Uh, For one thing, I was kind of put off by the idea that all of a sudden we find out that you don't hear anything at all about her sexuality at all. And then all of a sudden that comes up later on in the book. So it's like, well, that was random. (laughs) <laughs> it's can like, we go back to the story now? <laughs> uh. So it's was, it was a bit off-putting yeah. to have that suddenly come up when it didn't really have... Anything to do with the story? Yeah, it, it was a bit off-putting, but um, I mean, I can kind of figure why they wanted to bring it in, but... Um, kind of disrupts the flow. Well, it, yeah, but it was really, really, really good. It was a good book and a good story. And you really see the, the the all-consuming need to create something that comes from being an artist and that pull that you get when you're starving for your craft mm-hmm. and that thing that makes you not give a shit about anything else. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I would highly recommend reading it. it, especially if you're an artist or if you know someone who is. It explains a lot. Mm-hmm. It
1: sounds cool. It was good. Kind of sad. Whole it was China very sad. Thing. I mean,
0: because you see, you see a lot of grief in it, too, because you're, you see the grief of the mother who's mm-hmm. lost her little boy. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that goes with that in there, too. There's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But the story's not really about that, even though there's a lot of that in it. It's mostly about the girl and her art. I like it. <coughs> uh, so that was called uh, Self-Portrait with Boy by Rachel Lyon. Are we going to talk about... Uh,
1: Yellow Taxi Press.
0: Mm-hmm. Who was your artist again? Rachel Lyon. L-Y-L-Y-O-N, L-Y-O-N. Lyon. We uh, a while back, we were fortunate enough to come across a really interesting group of young women who have a very unique business called Yellow Taxi Press. Say so we discovered them because they actually
2: gave yes us, they, they actually they, a came came review to, yeah
0: they actually came to us
2: they gave us like the perfect review. Cause yeah. They said, uh, listening to Three Book Girls feels like having a book club with your closest friends. If your friends all had impeccable taste in books and a penchant for snark, that is. <laughs> Each week, a group of book-loving friends gets together to share what they've been reading and talk all things books like only true bibliophiles can. If you take reading but not yourself pretty seriously, Three Book Girls is the podcast for you. And I know I was very appreci- appreciative of that Um Review, and I'm yeah. assuming all of us were. I love it that It really review. was the
0: perfect. I don't think yeah. anybody could have given us a more per- perfect mm-hmm. review. That yeah. was the perfect review. It, it really was. Us.
2: And we had never heard of Yellow Taxi Press before, but after researching it, we actually found out that it's um, a pretty awesome platform for writers, um, essentially. Do you want to talk about what they do? Actually,
0: um, after me emailing back and forth with them a few times, i um, I found it really interesting that they that they are going to give a voice to young writers who are sort of in that in between, in between teenager and adulthood, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting time because it's it's after you've become an adult, but before you are. Established. Established. So it's that that sort of in between time, and it's specifically eighteen to twenty five, right? And that's a time when there's sort of a gap in literature. Yeah. yeah. So they're uh, looking to publish people like that. And they're they're pretty young themselves, aren't
2: they? Uh, yes. Um, there's if you go to their website, Yellow Taxi Press or Yellow Taxi dot Press, um, you can actually read their bios. Um,
0: they want to publish um, they want to publish Here. essays, um, short stories. You can submit um, for
2: publication several different things, but uh, you can do online writing submissions or book submissions. Um, both are uh, they're Looking for characters that are between the age of 18 to 25 like we were talking about But they're also looking for realistic portrayals of new experiences of early adulthood Um, And it can be fiction or nonfiction and they actually have a list of potential themes Um, And it can include anything from entering the workforce to Adjusting to college or adjusting to life in general at that age And they have several different ways you can submit Your own writing
3: and so this yeah. might be good for somebody who's young and they want to be a writer, mm-hmm. but they need something to start off with.
2: And it, can, yeah, it can be as short as 300 words. Right. Um, you can submit it and I mean, they'll publish it if they like it. And I was actually looking at some of the stuff they have published right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. Yeah,
3: um, you should go on
0: and read some of it. And yeah, see. I did
3: yeah. way back it's when good. they very first started, when we started researching yeah. them a while
2: back.
0: After they did that
3: review, I looked amazing.
2: So it's called Yellow Taxi Press. mm -hmm. And it's uh, Alyssa Lobig, sorry if I said that wrong, Alyssa, and Madeline uh, Greenhall are the co-founders of Yellow Taxi Press. Um, But they're relatively young. It it talks about how they've both worked for publishers before and that they are really interested in doing this for younger people and trying to get...
0: uh, or help people sort of like, be the voice them. for the the in between generations, sort of mm-hmm. so to speak. And that's a good thing, which is cool
1: because it's <laughs> kind of a hard time in life, honestly, for a lot of people. Because you're at an age where people expect you to be an adult, but they still treat you like a kid. Very good, spot on, Jessica. So yeah, being a 22 year old, you get a lot of they don't take you serious t- yet. Like if you're still in college and you live at home, I get a lot of that. Like you still live at home, you're 22 years old, and I'm thinking. How am I supposed to afford to live exactly. by myself and pay for college? It's just hard. like it's a weird catch twenty two. Like when we worked together, mm-hmm. I was the youngest person in the office, but and I would get talked to like a kid. But I'm an adult, mm-hmm. so talk to me like an adult. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> FYI, I never talked to you
1: like you were a kid. You didn't. There <laughs> were some though.
2: But, so uh, Yellow Taxi Press also has a newsletter you can. Uh, subscribe to there's a lot of awesome stuff so you should definitely check out some of their articles and some of their public online publications and i'm excited
0: to see what they do i think they're going to do great things that's my my prediction for them they're going to they're going to do awesome things and we'll we'll keep you informed on what they're up to as well yeah we're going to stay in touch with them
1: like
0: it i think we need to snark our way out of this though girls what do you think i think so we got we got all kinds of stuff to get into. Okay.
2: Just a reminder, uh, you should go like us on Facebook if you haven't already at Facebook dot com slash Three Book Girls or on Instagram at Instagram. Well, just search for Three Book Girls with the number Three Book Girls and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. Please and thank you. And if you're really bored, you can also follow nicknick.blog, Nick uh, blog. You can follow that also on Facebook or Instagram.
1: But
0: because we need you,
2: all of us, we love you. Thank you for listening.
3: (laughs) Without you, we could not be us.
0: You complete us,
3: (laughs) (laughs) and that's the romance section of our podcast this week. For some cheesy bullshit,
0: and that's gonna do it for. Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend.
1: Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.